Section 1 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 9, April 1898. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Northwest Passes to the Yukon by Eliza Ruhama Skidmore. While Vancouver's ships lay at anchor in July 1794 in his port Frederick, the Comtoctan of the natives and the Huna post office of today at the northwest end of Chichigoff Island, Messrs. Whitby and Lemisher in a small boat followed the north shore of Icy Straits and penetrated the Long Lynn Canal, bringing back reports that ended Vancouver's hope and search for a northwest passage through from the Atlantic the fucus straits and del forte's river myths and dreams of hypothetical projectors and closet navigators as this greatest of surveyors and explorers bitterly termed them whidbey's men rode up that finest fjord of all that landscape coast to point seduction so named because of the exceedingly artful character of the natives who met them at that point and lured them further on up the western arm chilcat inlet to the mouth of the river just beyond the modern pyramid harbor these artful natives had then enjoyed trade with white men and the chilcats and chilcoots really one tribe and closely related were not only the greatest warriors and boldest buccaneers of the coast but were great grease traders and middlemen as well two grease trails led away from the two inlets across the range to the game country beyond were the milder plains people the stick or tenna tribes of athabascan stock were content to trap and trade at great disadvantage exchanging their pelts and horns for the fish oil and sea products of the coast tribes and the goods which the latter obtained from white traders russian boston and hudson's bay company traders realized more than one hundred per cent profit on the goods they gave the chilcats in exchange for furs and the chilcats realized a still greater profit when they dealt with the tenas for the half-century that the hudson's bay company's ships regularly visited chilcat inlet the traders never dealt directly with the tenas the chilcats were relentless monopolists meeting the tenas at established camping grounds at taggish houses and other points beyond the range each year and packing the furs back over the chilcat or the shasakee chilcoot pass occasionally they brought a tenna chief down under escort as a great reward and honor to allow him to look at the fire-ship of the white traders mr robert campbell of the hudson's bay company who crossed from the mackenzie river to the pelly in eighteen forty two forty three wrote the rascally chilcat indians from the pacific coast were in the habit of making trading excursions to pelly they ascended by lynn canal thence crossed over the mountains to the head of Lou's river descending this river they came to the pelly where oftentimes when strong enough they pillaged and massacred the pelly indians than whom there could be no more honest men in eighteen forty nine the hudson's bay company built fort selkirk at the junction of the Lou's river and the pelly buying furs directly from the tinnas and sending them out by the chain of hudson's bay company forts connecting with the mackenzie river and hudson bay 
the difficulty of getting supplies into fort selkirk had induced the hudson's bay company to consider abandoning it when the chilkat chief incensed at this interference with his fur trade led a war party across the mountains and plundered and burned the fort the blockade of the passes was more strictly maintained than ever against the tinnas and whites the first white man to cross the range according to local chilkat and common alaskan tradition is said to have been a red-headed scotchman in the employ of the hudson's bay company who reaching the ruins of fort selkirk in eighteen sixty four started alone over the old grease trail to the sea he hid from the indians all the way but was captured near the coast and held until ransomed by captain swanson of the hudson's bay company's lobbisher on its regular visit to pyramid harbor because of his red hair he was regarded as a shaman and treated with distinction during his stay dr dawson discredits this story of the scotch pioneer as fort selkirk was in ruins at that time and he believes the whole story arose from the fact that certain articles belonging to the traders at fort selkirk were brought to the trading ship on the coast professor george c davidson who had visited the chilkat country in eighteen sixty seven when making a scientific reconnaissance of russian america for secretary seward returned in eighteen sixty nine to observe the eclipse of the sun august seventh establishing his station and observatory at the upper chilkat village where he was the guest of the great chief chartridge Klokuts, or hole in the cheek as that head of the cinnamon bear clan was variously known secretary seward and his party were escorted up the chilkat river in cloak coots war canoe on eclipse day and joining professor davidson for another day carried away the astronomer and his instruments before there was time for him to make an intended trip toward the pass during his stay professor davidson had induced Klokkuts and his wife to draw a very intelligible map of the route up the river to the chilkat pass and across to fort selkirk a route Klokkuts had traversed since childhood and which his father had traversed as one of the war party which burned fort selkirk lying face downward the old chief and his wife discussed and laboriously drew on the back of an old chart the lines of all the watercourses and lakes with the profile of the mountains as they appear on either hand from the trail the great glacier is indicated by snowshoe tracks to show the mode of progress and the limit of each of the fourteen days journey across to fort selkirk is marked by crossed lines on this original chilkat map which is still in the possession of professor davidson at san francisco there is a copy topographical sheet number two two six eight at the u s coast and geodetic survey office at washington and this cloak map was the basis of the first charts george holt a miner claimed to have crossed the eastern the chilkoot or shosakee pass in eighteen seventy two and descending as far as lake marsh returned by way of the teslin to the headwaters of the stikeen following in reverse a part of the route of michael burns of the western union telegraph company survey who came up from the stikeen region to the teslin and tagish lake in eighteen sixty seven holt crossed the pass again in eighteen seventy four and descended the yukon to the portage connecting with the kuskokwim in eighteen seventy seven lieutenant c e s wood united states army 
undertook independent explorations in alaska mutiny of his canoe men prevented his reaching mount st elias which he wished to climb but he visited taylor and glacier bays on cross sound camped and hunted mountain goats around geeky and muir inlets and crossed from the muir glacier to lynn canal he spent some time with the chilkats and chilkoots but neither Klokuts nor donawak the one-eyed tyrant of the chilkoot village would let him cross the mountains which they pictured as full of dangers although lieutenant wood was fortified with messages gifts and tokens from donawak's sister the wife of sitka jack an account of his stay among the clingets in alaska was published in the century magazine july eighteen eighty two in eighteen seventy eight donawak peremptorily refused entrance to the prospector's wrath and bean but is said to have permitted george holt to go as far as fort selkirk and return under guard in eighteen eighty the same edmund bean with a party of nineteen miners were placed under the special protection of Klokuts through the active interest and clever diplomacy of captain l a beardsley united states navy and guided across the passes after giving assurance that they would not interfere with the fur trade a trader did slip in in the wake of the prospectors but being detected was brought back and his life saved by captain beardsley's earnest interference as these miners went in they met james wynne now of juno coming out and from him received warning of the dangerous rapids in the river beyond the lakes wynne has assured me that he had previously crossed the pass in eighteen seventy nine forty-five miners crossed the pass in the spring of eighteen eighty two and returned in the autumn and the indians finding that the packing of miner supplies was more remunerative than the diminishing fur trade virtually raised the blockade and established an exorbitant tariff for transportation the doctors kraus of the geographical societies of berlin and bremen spent the year eighteen eighty two and the succeeding winter at pyramid harbor and in the chilkat villages making their ethnographic studies published in the volume die klinket indianer and in collecting for their museum klokuts was as usual the patron and protector of scientists and assisted in their exploration and survey of the chilkat river and its branches the chilkat pass and the country beyond as far as the great lake named lake arkel in eighteen ninety the doctors kraus's maps of this region were published by the berlin and bremen geographical societies in eighteen eighty three in eighteen eighty three lieutenant frederick schwatka u s army crossed by the miner's usual trail the eastern chilkoot or shasaki pass renamed it the perrier pass and rafted his way down the yukon to the sea the miners who went in in eighteen eighty three sent back for provisions and spent the winter on the upper yukon in eighteen eighty four dr everett u s army crossed the chilkat pass along the kraus route intending to explore westward and descend the copper river cooperating with lieutenant abercrombie who attempted the exploration of copper river from its mouth but neither plan was followed to completion when lieutenant h t allen explored the copper river in eighteen eighty five his party ascended to the headwaters crossed the divide to the tanana and descended that stream to the yukon in eighteen ninety mr e j glave leading an expedition sent out by the frank leslie's weekly newspaper 
followed the doctor's Krause's route to the Alsek Basin, went northward, and returning, descending the Alsek to the ocean at Dry Bay. In 1891, Mr. Glave proved his claim that pack horses could be taken over the range and could find sufficient pasturage in the bush country beyond. His pioneer pack horses in Alaska, published in the Century Magazine, September and October, 1892, describes his route across to Lake Arkell, a route now known as the Dalton Trail, Jack Dalton having been his assistant in the experiment with pack horses. The existence of a lower pass still further east, to be reached by an easy trail from Skagway Creek, was reported to Mr. William Ogilvy during his survey of 1887, and Captain Moore of his party was detailed to explore it. He determined the altitude of the pass was 2,400 feet above sea level, and named it in honor of Honorable Thomas White, Canadian Minister of the Interior. It was at once seen that White Pass most easily allowed a wagon road to be constructed across to Lake Bennett, a distance of 47 miles and a rise of 2,400 feet, in contrast to the distance of 27 miles and a rise of 3,500 feet on the Chilkoot, Shasaki, or Perrier Pass, again named as the Dai Pass by Mr. Ogilvy. The passes to the Yukon Basin from Taku Inlet and River were known to Hudson's Bay Company traders and the Western Union Telegraph Company surveyors, but were first definitely exploited as a route to the Yukon mining regions by the expedition of Lieutenant Schwatka, U.S. Army, and by Dr. C. Willard Hayes of the U.S. Geological Survey in 1891. They followed the North Fork of the Taku River, and crossed to Lake Teslin, where they launched canvas boats and proceeded without interruption to Fort Selkirk. The river connecting Lake Teslin with the Luz, known to the Indians as Teslin II, and as the Hootalinqua, or Hootie Link to the miners, was marked on the Coast Survey chart at the same time as the Nasathane, or No Salmon, and was renamed the Newberry River by Lieutenant Schwatka. End of Section 1